Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week, we're covering 1998's The Faculty. No more pencils, no more books. No more teachers, dirty looks. The students at Harrington High have always suspected their teachers were from another planet. Is this going to be on the test? This is the test. This time, they're right. Now, these six students won't just question authority. They'll have to destroy it. Critics are calling it hip and scary. A thrilling ride from beginning to end. The faculty. Please report to the principal's office. Continuing my birthday month, <laughs> we are going into the 90s to one 25 of. 25 years ago. Wow. To one of my favorite uh, 90s films The Faculty. It has all star cast, starting with the kids alone. Like you've seen these kids in so many '90s movies, and then obviously they their careers obviously continued um, for the most part. Um, you know, you have Josh Hartnett. Come on, yeah, he's right he, there. He's been a few things. He's been he's been some things. Elijah Wood. Yeah, he went right from this, from the little budget into the big budget, didn't he? Yes, he did. And, I mean, he's making movies, like horror films. He has he's his company. Like, he's out there doing yeah. things. Um, so, much respect and love. Clea Duvall. Jor- and I'm, like, obsessed with her. Uh, Jordana Brewster, Sean Hatsey, and Laura Harris, who played the Mary Beth character, the new girl from Atlanta. And the adults on this are uh, pretty impressive, too. you got Robert Patrick as the coach. There's good casting because he does seem like every asshole coach you ever had in your life. Uh, you got John Stewart. Uh, this was when he was just starting to be a thing. As Professor Edward Furlong. I mean, come on. That's not even subtle. So do you think that... Okay, so this film was directed by Robert Rodriguez, which also is one of those things where, like, looking back at the time, like, okay, Robert Rodriguez, now you're like, oh, okay. You know, he was just starting off back then. Um, And then the screenplay's by Kevin Williamson. So do you think Robert Rodriguez is either a big brain scan fan or Pet Cemetery 2 or Terminator 2, or, or just all of the above? I think all of the above. I think that's why they named him that. And we also got uh, Piper Laurie as one of the teachers. You've got uh, Bebe Newworth from Cheers as, uh, what's her name, uh, Lilith. She's also playing one. She's playing the principal, actually. Principal Drake. And uh, Selma Hayek is the school nurse. Woo-woo! Yeah, I feel like that's the dream school nurse there. 
Salma Hayek, fuck yeah, she is. I'm, like, obsessed. She's incredible. Like, an incredible person, obviously, and then incredibly beautiful. To this day, still beautiful. And then you have <laughs> Famke Jansen as with the another one of the teachers. She was coming off of this. This was pretty quick after uh, GoldenEye. This was like a couple of years after GoldenEye, so she was still riding high on her role from that. And uh, you've got Daniel Von Bargen as another one of the teachers. He's in one of those character actors that you see him in everything. Like, you look up him, he's in everything from RoboCop to Super Troopers, the Postman. The man's in everything. And, you know, in Law & Order alone, I think he's been in, like, 40 episodes. Just brand new. And he plays a different character every time, I swear. But, yeah, so there's a lot of people you'll recognize in this movie. Oh, and then, um, what's his name? My- Michael McDonald? Michael Christopher McDonald. Christopher McDonald. Yes. As Shooter Gavin from all the, uh, was it Happy Gilmore? And a ton of other things, but yeah, he, he was in that. Now, this, the story for this was written by two guys. It was uh, David uh, Wechter and Bruce Kimmel. And they did that very popular Disney movie in the early 80s called Midnight Madness. It's got Michael, it's an early Michael J. Fox, it's an early Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger plays like a guy in a gym that they have to get a medicine ball from the gym as part of this scavenger hunt they're on to win a million dollars. And of course, you know, Schwarzenegger just kills them with this with the medicine ball. Of course. What is with back in the day, like in the eighties, where there were so many movies where like you boosters millions where like people came into crazy money or that other one where they're like I don't think that's an eighties movie. Or maybe it is the it's, one the car race one. Uh Rat Race. Rat Race. That yes. was in the nineties. About every decade or so there's one of these crazy ones, like the sixties they had it's a mad, mad, mad world where they were racing to get money. The seventies uh, they had all like the Cannonball Run and that where they were trying to get all the money. The 80s had this one. 90s had Rat Race. But they kind of died out after that. It, it was back in the day when you couldn't just look up clues on the internet. Like when they tell you, oh, it's in California, buried under a big W. I don't know what the hell that means back in 1960. You had to drive to California to see where it was. Now you could just Google Earth it and be like, California... Big W. Oh, there it is. We'll just drive straight to that spot. So, yeah, I think that's what kind of took some of the mystique away from those movies. So, the it's a sci-fi film. Um, you know, if you've never seen this movie, definitely watch it. Uh, and it's one of those films, obviously, you know, there's a lot of, like, Easter eggs and, like, sci-fi-esque things that came from before, like, Clea DeVol's characters, Stokely. That's her name, like her nickname. She only has like one worded name, like, you know, like Ripley, you yeah. know? So it it's it's such a fun movie. I, wa- I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I did too. This is kind of a mix of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers and The Thing. Yeah. And you know, about every, seems like about every 10 years or so, about every, yeah, about every 10 years you get another version of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Because that's one of those stories that's always going to creep people out of the people you know have changed. They look the same, but they're different. It's also one that's usually very easy to do effects-wise, you know? Oh, yeah. You have to do a lot of effects. You just have to show one quick little thing or show it one time, and then you know, oh, they got put in a pod, and now they're a pod person. Yeah. Or they got taken over by parasites or whatever. So for those who have not seen the film, the premise is a student gets uh, witnesses a murder, the murder of the nurse. Um, he's locked in a closet. And then from that, 
then then she's alive the next day and from that that's when he starts his investigation because obviously something is amiss yeah now there's actually two students in the closet but the girl character is kind of like huddled in the corner of the closet doesn't really see it full on because elijah wood's character casey is like and it's a winning he's just he cannot peel his eyes away yeah. either it's fear of like getting caught you know or just a mixture of intrigue because obviously he was a intelligent kid so you know he would be the one to like believe in some kind of sci-fi stuff obviously um the you know uh characters are not all friends because that's gonna make a stronger pack right well you gotta throw a little bit of the breakfast club in there you gotta dash a little breakfast club in there (laughs) and they're all like you know going to detention but now they're gonna fight aliens and this is so, one of the things that, that <laughs> one of my big things about this movie that I always thought it would have worked better. At the beginning of it, we see that like something's going on with the teachers. They show us the, the people in the movie don't know yet, but we see there's something crazy going on with the people already, and we know that like they you know you see them at the beginning they track down and murder the principal. Then you see her later, so you obviously know that something's going on. I always thought it would have worked a little better if we had just started the movie where you said it started when we find out the thing, you know, uh, we see them hiding in the closet. Because if they just started you know, going, the teachers are acting weird, and then we had no knowledge of why they were acting weird. We just had, you just took it for his point of view that like, okay, they're being a little weird, but does that necessarily mean there's anything wrong with them? Maybe they're just being weird. It would have been a little more of a surprise when they murdered the other, when they murdered the nurse and started, you know, doing the crazy shit. It would have been a little bit more shocking. I mean, I guess it could have gone on that route, but I I disagree with you because I prefer the way that they did it, which was get a little bit of character development for the teachers so you as the audience knows that when you see them again and they, you know, are the same but then transform, you see the transformation between the way that they are because you know kind of a little bit how they are. You know, you know, the Famke Jansen character wasn't a sexually driven, you know, confident woman. She was, you know, the 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 seven, you know, the six foot girl that slouches, you know, and she's meek and she's wearing the glasses. Suddenly she's beautiful. I can't. It happens with all women. And and you have to get the skirt that's up inches. Yeah, it went we from her knees up to like her mid Or you just slit the skirt. That's all you do. Or, or you just slit the skirt. You just take a pair of scissors and cut it up the side, take the glasses off, take your hair down, and you go from a 4 to a 10 instantly. The teacher, the coach, he was already obviously intense. So what do you have to do to him? You have to make him the same intense, but not like mad weird. That scene where Elijah Wood is like looking at all the different like at the teacher and he's going back and he's like seeing like they're all standing there like being weird with the water yeah they're all just throwing water on their face yeah and and it's just no well they're just like standing in the field and the the sprinklers are up spraying on yeah yeah and then you see like the old lady character like the teacher about piper laurie's character how she is you know yeah he's like something is amiss because I literally sat in this class and I've looked at this fucking window for like the whole semester. It could be, we could be like three or four months into fucking school. You know what I mean? And it's just like every day the same bullshit. And today is different. And that's <laughs> kind of sus. Like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> 
So I don't know. I guess it it, it could have worked that way too. You could have just started the movie. But I do, you know me, and love me some character development. Yeah, I just like a little bit of surprise. I think it would have been better if they kind of just sprung it on you didn't really know what was coming. Because you already knew there was something weird with the teachers. But if you had no idea and you were kind of seeing it with them, it would have been a little... It's been a little more fun, I think. No, and then we missed a amazing scene where you get the teacher murdered in the beginning. Like yeah, the principal, she gets murdered, and she's not in the movie again for like a little bit. Yeah, it's not until it's like, oh, because in your mind, this bee is dead. Like she's gone. Like they murdered her. She was. They just got her out of the way. Um, but then she comes in, and it's like, oh, now let's talk about the shower scene. Okay. So, <laughs> um, the shower scene where you have the football star, yes. the, the captain of the football team, um, he's, which is played by, uh, Hatsy, um, yeah, Sean Hatsy. yes, he is in there, you know, just lathering up, you know, there's, everyone's left and... Here comes, first of all, the toes is what gets me. The toes and the shower, like, I can't. And in the whole thing, like, there's no one wearing, like, sandal, uh, shower sandals. No. That also. in there barefoot. Yeah, that's also, that's like the creepiest part of the fucking movie. Yeah, I remember when I was in junior high, they, they made, they still made everybody go take a shower after gym class. There was no, you can't have sandals. That's ridiculous. Just walk in there. Yeah, that's... It was horrifying. It I is horrifying. every minute of it. So, when they reveal... So, so, you see it from the toes. So, you're like, oh, what the fuck is this? Someone with weird-ass toes. But when they pan up, and this is obviously has to be, like, homage to The Shining. You see this old lady, okay, who we kind of saw earlier in a scene. Um, she was being, you know, recruited by the Piper Laurie character, by the teacher. And now, here she is, just naked as can be, you know, <laughs> in the every... shower. Where, that's every young man. Let me tell you, I don't know if he just got, like, PTSD after that and was never able to shower ever again in, like, a public place. I would imagine, because every teenage boy's nightmare is to have a old naked lady just busting on naked in the shower. Because, whoo. Yeah, it That's would have a to be. Boner killer. It would have to be like, you know, who, whatever, whomever he's into, busting in naked to like an amazing looking, you know, just whoever he was the most attracted to person to come in and like eradicate that memory. It would have to be like mind blowing moment to like really erase that. Yeah, horrific. Yeah, that's gonna be a that's gonna be something you take with you to your grave probably. And she's like withering away she looks like like life force like she just like someone just sucked it out of her no, she looks like moist life force Mo- well yeah well no the, the the whole like yes it is moist life she's force. got chunks falling off of her it's unpleasant so it's like the life force people if they dipped them in sweat before they turned them loose it's it's rough now the out of all the teachers my favorite teacher would have to be the Famke Jansen character because I feel like they show her the most. She has the most interaction with the kids. Yeah. Specifically Zeke, Josh Hartnett's character. I mean, because hello, have you seen him? Let's talk about Josh Hartnett's rebel drug dealer character. 
he's dealing drugs out of the back of his car, but he's got a heart of gold and he's a brilliant guy. You know how he's brilliant? Because he has a microscope in his garage and he has glasses he puts on when he looks into the microscope. He sure fucking does. And starts cracking out all the science shit. Suddenly he turns into fucking Wilfred Brimley and starts cracking out all the science knowledge. And I, how do you know all this stuff? You're just a drug dealer. Well, you got to know all your chemistry and biology to make these drugs. Dude, you're making bath salts and meth out of the back of your car. I hardly think you're going to be this kind of a fucking scholar, but I'll let it go. Um, his parents were affluent, so he got an oh, excellent education. Yeah, okay. Also, he had the funds to do some kind of crazy thing like that. And also, because his parents were affluent and could care less about him because they were off spending their money and living their fucking lives, they were never home, which is why he was able to get away with the shit that he got away with because they were always traveling somewhere. So it is a little bit like Brain Scan. There is a character like Edward Furlong in Brain Scan who just does whatever he wants because his dad's off traveling everywhere. Exactly. So someone definitely liked Brain Scan. I'm going to say Robert Rodriguez. He's a Brain Scan fan. Or Kevin Williamson, either one. Or Kevin Williamson, or right. both. Yeah, or both. But yeah, I just love the uh, when they have the characters there like that. Like he's the drug dealer with the heart of gold, who's also going to be giving you science exposition here. Well, look, we said it earlier. The nerd girl comes and she takes the glasses off and becomes the beautiful, popular party girl. And when the punk rock guy comes, or yep. the thug, he comes because he he's a smart guy. Yeah, he becomes puts the glasses on. He becomes the smart guy. Yep. He's like, hey. Suddenly, I am much more intelligent and handsome now. And I don't know if you noticed, but it's just not any type of glasses. It's specifically Superman's glasses. Oh, yeah. He gets the black frame glasses. Yes. Okay. So The the Urban Uber Nerd glasses. He puts those on. And then (laughs) the ones that fucking Alec Baldwin was putting on Saturday Night Live and doing his handsome man things. Like, you got to take these glasses off dramatically and increase your handsome factor. I can't. And he did. (laughs) And he did. Yeah, they're not wrong. But yeah, so I just thought that that's kind of a Riverdale phenomenon too. Oh, like in God. Riverdale, you know, everybody's a fucking brilliant. They all have a fucking club underground. I can't with business. Riverdale. They can't. I can't. I love it, but it's it's like ridiculous love because you know that it's just the most like outrageous bullshit going on, and well, you're like just the, this is crazy. It's like all the Marvel movies now. Every teenage girl in the Marvel movies is a genius that can build an Iron Man suit or an Ant Man armor or whatever the fuck it is. It's always a teenage girl in the back of a like fucking garage somewhere where they, oh yeah, I've got a whole garage to myself here in this giant warehouse where I just build all this shit. Yeah, like all the teenage girls do. You know what? I'm going to have to throw down right now in front of you and say, how dare you, sir? How dare you? Okay, it's only been the teenage boy or the guy or the nerd guy to fucking be the one to save the day. Let the bitches save the day now, okay? You relax and have, you relax. Now the teenage girls are taking over. They're the ones that are (laughs) doing the thing. This is the time where it's our time now. It's our time. Sit down. Sit down. That's right. I didn't realize you were a teenage girl. (laughs) You know what? We're going to leave it right there. We're going to leave that right there. Anyways, um, there's, they have, of course, you know, and you can literally go through this movie. If you're a sci-fi fan or a horror fan and you've seen, you know, these sci-fi horror films, you can pinpoint all like the different things. There's a thing scene. 
where they all have to prove everyone's suspicious of one another and there's paranoias running amok and they think that one of them or more than one is an alien so they all have to prove that they're not you know by taking some of the drugs that Josh Hartney makes that Josh Hartney makes that have caffeine in them so because the caffeine will dry out the aliens let me because tell you these people must be kept moist at all times I'm, we're gonna we're gonna pause the podcast right now, um, specifically discussing. We're gonna focus in on Josh Hartnett's character because <laughs> you you bought very good point. But even if you think about okay, so you're like, oh, he sold the drugs, guys. If you've never seen the movie, okay, this freaking incredibly smart person, okay, this genius of a fucking teenager has put the drugs, which is like dust, it looks like fucking salt, It, which it more than likely was salt. Uh, he put it in those big pins. Yeah, the very cheap big pins that are clear on the back of them. That way you can just carry it around and then snort it at your leisure. And it is just... Fa- and not only that, he, Josh Harden in the film, there's a 90s where, right... Where at some time in the 90s, obviously specifically this time and after, it was the guy that would wear, and girls, they would wear the t-shirt. But under the t-shirt, they wore the long sleeve baggy Uh, shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah. So just one shirt wasn't enough, you know. So even his, and then he's wearing the big like Junko pants, like the fucking crazy ass pants. Um, actually, no, let me retract. His pants were actually not Junko pants because they weren't that wide. But he's on the baggy wear, which is easy to conceal your fucking drugs. You oh, know, yeah. you'd see a kid take out a pen. You're not thinking those are drugs. It's a fucking pen he's writing with, you know? So even the bagginess of like the sleeve over his hand while he's holding it. I mean, I, I can't, I can't with it. Okay. I'm, I'm done with the Josh Hartnett thing. Yeah. I'm done. I just wanted to throw in how amazing that only was the character, the clothing that went with the character, which made the character, which concealed the drugs. It was, there was a lot of thought that went into that whole process. So the drugs. So they do and they all snort a substance. Someone, you know, just like in the thing, someone freaks out and starts going a little crazy when they get that in there. So, you know, that's, you know exactly who the creature is at that point, you think. This one did add a neat little twist to it that when you find out later, I think everybody's probably seen this by now, but when you find out who the alien is, that like, oh, since she can manipulate her body, she just cleverly closed her nostril when she went to snort the thing. She just closed it up and then just pretended to snort it. It's like, oh, okay. That was a pretty clever trick. It was a pretty clever trick. I'll give them that. And I do like the scene later where the, the alien comes in when you finally find out who it is. And she kind of just sheds her clothes and then just jumps into the water and turns into the creature. And it just swims across the pool at him. I thought that was a pretty cool transition that they did there. Yeah. Because it was King and B doing the effects for all this, which was pretty early in their careers, too. Well, I mean, they had all done stuff. I think this was pretty early after they had formed the officially formed the company. 
So yeah, I, the effects in this, of course, are mostly practical. There's a few digital things, but they still look good. They still look pretty good because they didn't go too f overboard with it. Yeah, the few things that look a little wonky, you can be like, well, it was 25 years ago, so I'll give them a little bit of a break. For me, very slight. Probably the mech, the organism that they capture. Yeah, when it's floating around inside the one fish tank on there, that's like, oh, that's very, very digital there. Yeah. But like I said, it is 25 years ago, so I'm willing to forgive. And we don't need to remake this movie, okay, with the cast of Riverdale. We don't need to do that. This movie <laughs> could just stay the way that it well, is. Oh, no, the cast of Riverdale is already too old for this. I can't. They'd have to be the teachers now. Anyways, um, <laughs> there's plenty of 30-year-olds that are playing, playing teenagers yeah, right playing now. 15-year-olds. Yeah. Um, so... They, please don't do it. Just don't remake the movie. Okay, I was waiting. I thought you were going to say something else. Uh, so my in the end, when so they after they do the whole test, the whole thing is they have to find out. They figure out, you know, because they were referencing try, trying to get Stokely was the one. Surprisingly, that was the one that was into Claire Duvall's character. She was into the sci-fi novels of you know Robert Heinlein. And yeah, they talk about the, like, they reference the Puppet Masters because she says, oh, the Puppet Masters came out before Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and then they make the comment of, well, how did Body Snatchers end? And they're like, uh, they all died, which is not completely accurate, but uh, it's more like the Puppet Masters, I think. But yeah. So yeah, they always got to have the one sci-fi nerd or horror nerd that's in there to tell everybody what's going on. So they get them down. They come down to that. They have to find the queen, kind of like a vampire too. If you get the main vampire, that's going to kill off all the other vampires, right? So the reveal to that once, like you said, once you see, there's a scene where Josh Hartnett gets knocked the fuck out by the alien when when it's an alien form, right? And he's out for about a minute. And Cleo Duvall's character is the one that's kind of like fighting off Mary Beth, uh, Mary Beth the the alien. And, you know, they're fighting off and whatever. And Clea, um, Clea Duvall's like, she's in a cage now. The other one is naked. She's stark naked. Because remember, she jumped into the pool. And now she's just walking around. My fate. Like, that fucking scene when Josh Hartnett literally sees Clea Duvall in the thing. And he's like, oh no, she got, she got taken. Because Mayor Beth is talking from behind him. And she's in the fucking shadows. And she's like, it's her, it's her. And when she comes out of the shadows and Josh Hartnett sees her, he goes, but, um, but can I ask you, why are you naked? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, fuck. I forgot I was naked. I'm not going to be able to pull it off. It's like, duh, guy. That's going to be completely obvious. There's something amiss there. But I love how she tries to seduce him. She thinks about it for a second. She's like, what's up? You don't like what you see? Like, trying to get, you know... She's like, look, we can do this the easy way or we can do this the fun way. It's up to you. One way or the other, I'm taking you over today. Yeah, trying trying to have convinced the queen as uh, Clea Duvall's character when she was just stark naked there is the best. Yeah. It is the best. And I feel like this is another one of those movies we've talked about before that's great to show people like when they're first getting into horror and show them this kind of stuff and then get them a little hooked on. They're like, oh, okay, I like this. This is good. And, because it doesn't throw them in too deep. Like, I, I don't think you intentionally want to show somebody the the thing as their first horror movie. 
You know, that might be a little too much for him. No, I was going to go be like, forget about this and just show them straight to Henry. Like, boom, <laughs> here you go. No, I'm saying like this, you show them and they get the idea. Okay, I see. And then you show them some of the other stuff later and they're like, ah, I see what they were referencing. And that uh, this is another good one. It's kind of a starter horror movie for people that are just starting to get into horror. And you're like, here, see this. It's a little bit of, you get a little bit of taste of some stuff from the past. It's a little... A little modern, well, not now, but you know, at the time it was. Yeah. Can you imagine someone watching this that's like mm, probably twenty years old, right? And they're like, "Oh, this is such a rip off of Stranger Things." Like, <laughs> you know, there's a person out there <laughs> that sees shit like that, or these fucking remakes, and it's like, "Oh, it's such a rip off." Or things that are referenced in the film, and they're like, "Oh, you know, this is this and this," and it's like, "No, bro, it's not." I told you about the kid I worked with that I talked about Battlestar Galactica, and he said he was going to go check it out, and then came back to me and was like, "Oh, I couldn't get through it. The effects were so terrible. It was so corny." And I'm like, "Well, you know, '70s stuff's not for everyone." He's like, "I was made in the '70s. I thought I said it was 2000 something." He was watching the remake from 2005. Yeah, wow. It was like, that's too old and corny and the effects are too dated. Damn. I was like, Jesus Christ. If you'd watched the one from the 70s, you would have thought it was like a silent movie. <laughs> he would have been horrified. He would have been horrified. What, he what come is back this lumpetry? What the fuck is going on? These are just people walking around in suits. Where the hell is the digital effects? This person's obviously not a Star Wars fan. And I'm not comparing, obviously, Star Wars or the Battlestar Galactica, either one, to Star Wars. Because, obviously. But still, you know. Yeah, this is one of those things I was just like, oh, God, I'm so old. Yeah, with all the new... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, no. You should have told him to watch the first season of Doctor Who. That shit is rough, okay? Oh, uh, he even the modern Doctor oh, Who. Oh, I'm was... so sorry. The let me go back. Not the first season, obviously, which is black and white. The one with uh Eccleson. Eccleson Doctor Who. Yeah. Um the mid two thousand the same time frame, like two thousand five. Yeah. yeah, really bad. That would blow the poor kid's mind. I don't think he could have handled it. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be able to handle it. We might as well show him a silent film. I give this movie four knives. That's because I love it. It is fun to watch. There's, It's like a lot happens in a short amount of time. But yeah. like in a good amount of time, it's not. It's very fast paced. Once it's not like oh we're here for five seconds. You know I've been here for like you know five years on this one thing. It moves pretty quickly. It's pretty much once the murders start, there's the typical scene of, oh, nobody believes us and all that. And then after that, it just moves right into almost everybody in the town is an alien and they're taking over and they're coming after them. Yeah. It goes pretty fast. And that's one thing I think really works in its favor is there's not a lot of fat in this movie. You can just, it's probably, what is it, like an hour and a half, I think? Let me look and see. It's not very long. No, it isn't. But yet, I, as... Someone that really does enjoy, you know, meat in a story and I need to know things. Now, if you're the person that needs to know where this alien came from, like, you need to know all of its origins and plus. It says an hour and 40 minutes. This, you're going to be upset because you're not going to get, that's not the point of the movie. The point of the movie is this thing is here and this is what we have to deal with and how we're going to figure it out. Is it going to get us or we're getting it? Like, that's it. The end. Yeah, and I, I really think that works better most of the time. Was, 
the more you explain, like I, I read a zombie novel once that uh, it was okay, but then they got to the end of it and they tried to explain the zombie virus and it just, I was like, nope, I'm done. It was such a corny explanation for it that it's like, no, don't explain it. You don't need to know. Why do we need to explain it at the end of the book? Like, what what was going to be the point of that? It's already the book, done. Then they tried to, I was like, oh, no, no, don't don't try to explain the zombie virus. You, it, we already know it's a zombie virus. Just let it go. It'll be fine. But no, that just makes it worse. Yeah, and if you're a fan of the 90s, uh, as a lot of people are currently the fan fans of 90s, uh clothing get into this movie and then watch all the other 90s movies um there's a lot of them after after scream forget about it it was just boom 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 like it was inundated because before that i i can't i didn't go to the movies as much before i mean i was really young so maybe i couldn't go to the movies myself but i remember watching like tommy boy in the theater and i can't even remember what was even going on at the theater at i just time. remember this was being heavily advertised back at the time of he had the you know the the epic voiceover guy doing the thing oh. of like from the writer of scream and the director of from dusk till dawn and the scenes where they're like ripping off the uh the paper cutter to use it like a machete like that's the scene where they're showing on the trailer where they're ripping that off and saying that and you're like oh they're playing up that's a slasher and going to be super violent which it wasn't really as violent as they made it out to be, but they really, you know, played up the from dusk till dawn and scream aspect. Like, you were going to see the most violent thing ever. But it's still good. I'm just saying it's funny how they, you know, I try to advertise this stuff. This movie definitely uh, is better. It's on the top tier of 90s movies of its same genre. Uh, because there are other movies, a, a lot of other movies that I'm not going to name, but that are just not as good. There's one in particular that I'm really thinking about, and I love that movie too, but it's corny as fuck. It's so corny. I, I, there's corny things that happen in it, but I love the premise, you know, and I love the, the people. Should I just say what the movie is? Yes. It's disturbing behavior. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that movie is pretty blatantly just the Stepford Wives. Yeah, which also has well-known cast. Yeah. Obviously. You know, it was like the 90s horror and like sci-fi was definitely like the 80s with like John Hughes. You had like your own, you know, Brad Pack, so to speak. After Scream, it was like, let's get actors that are in, you know, let's get young actors that are in, you know, nighttime soap opera kind of things. Or teen dramas, and let's put them in. Let's throw them in the horror movies, and let's see if it'll stick. I don't blame them. You know, hey, it worked once. See if it'll work again. And all these movies made money. So even disturbing behavior, you know, they do great. It still made money. It did make money, and like I said, I I really enjoyed watching that film. I mean, I own the film. It's cheesy, but it's fun. It is. Like cheesy. I said, it's just uh, the Stepford Kids is all it is. Yeah. And that premise can be. You know, they've done that. They've done the Stepford husbands. They, they even did a Stepford Children one. So they they know that's a premise that can be used over and over again. It's always going to be pretty It's always going to be pretty entertaining if you do it right. Yeah, because it's a universal, you know. Fear that someone's just going to replace you with a robot that acts better. Yeah, so that's... So I'm going to give this one a three and a half knifer. I like it fine. Okay. And when was the last time you had seen the film? Oh, God. It's probably been... Since it came out in the theaters, I haven't seen it really since. Holy shit. Yeah, I saw it in the theaters, and that was really about the last time I got a chance to watch it. 
So we sat down and watched it the other day, but it was fun. I still, you know, I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I want to say for me, it's probably been between seven to ten years. It's been some time, but not as long because I own it. So, you know, it's one of those movies like in my collect, in my personal collection. When I am looking at a film, if when I'm looking through it, if I can remember every single thing that happens in the movie, I tend to not go <laughs> to watch the movie because I've memorized it. I've watched it so many times. That I'm like, okay, I'm just going to move on to something else that I own that I don't remember as much because I haven't seen it as much. You know, let me give that a chance. So this is definitely one of those. There were some things I had totally forgotten when I was watching. I was like, oh, yeah, and oh, yeah. But all right, well, this concludes my birthday month. And next month is someone else's birthday. They'll be celebrating their birthday. I'm still trying to decide which ones I want to do for mine. Yeah, so we'll see what the choices are. I went uh wacky way. I went from I went from the beginning of the 90s um to the more or less to the kind of end of the 90s. Yeah. So, I'm totally different and not really they were both kind of beginning horror, like yeah. sci-fi horror for one and the other one just kind of like horror-esque films. So, Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Jump Scare the Horror Podcast. Stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.